spend them with me in the beauty. We can do for such a lovely afternoon, lovely morning in some places as this. We thank you, oh Lord, that we get to fellowship with you. We thank you that we get to hear you speak. But all we ask is that we know more about you. More, you help us to go. Oh Lord, we ask that we will feel your presence mightily wherever we are. We will feel your presence, we will feel your power, we will feel your transformation in us. Enlighten us and help us to apply these things that we are learning, we are doing wisely in our lives. We thank you, oh Lord, for coming to speak to us. Jesus. Amen. Yes, so for the last two weeks, we started a series entitled The Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit, The Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And this week, the Holy Spirit told me that um, we should talk about Him, my relationship with Him. We, we knew who He is, we've gone deeper, but this is just my relationship with him how i am with him how he is with me how we communicate how you know we talk my relationship with the holy spirit and that's just what i'm, I'm about to um, start speaking on today so the title of the sermon is the holy spirit my friend the holy spirit my friend he is my friend and he he can also be your friend if you allow him to and in the Bible, Jesus said, another helper will come, who will be an advocate, a comforter, a comforter, and he will help you. He will be with you. I have to go so that he will come. When Jesus was on the earth, Jesus had disciples, and they were his friends. They were his family. He said, these are my family. These are my mother. This is my father. And Jesus' disciples helped him. They went with him wherever he went to. He spoke to them. They ate together. They fellowship. And that is the same way that we are also supposed to relate with the Holy Spirit. We don't have Jesus here physically, but we have him here spiritually. And in each and every one of us. How amazing that we all get to enjoy Jesus. But this time around, he's not limited by um, by um, him being physical, this time around he's spiritual, so he's everywhere and he's within each and every one of us. So that fellowship that he and, and the disciples enjoy, that fellowship that the people around him enjoy, we are supposed to enjoy even more than that with the Holy Spirit, you know, because he is also a personality and he came to replace Jesus, you know. So today, that's all we want to know. The Holy Spirit as our friend. How do we talk to him? How do we deal with him? You know. So the first is the Holy Spirit is God. And we know that from our previous studies that the Holy Spirit is God. So um this means that every description that we give God the Father, every description that we give Jesus applies to the Holy Spirit. And this is something that I didn't say um in the previous audios that is you can worship the holy spirit you worship the holy spirit. just as you worship jesus just as you worship god that's the same way you worship the holy spirit because he is also god some people um say that the holy spirit you don't worship the holy spirit because of this scripture in king james that 
um, he will not speak. It, 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 it was actually it will not speak of himself um, itself. But the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a personality. So that was if you check other versions, you see they wrote he will not speak of himself, and that doesn't mean that he is not to be worshipped or he's a miniature person of the Trinity. He is the same as God the Father. He is the same as Jesus. So just as we worship God the Father, we worship the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit speaks about Jesus. When Jesus was here, he said, I speak anything that my Father says I should speak, but they are all God, three in one. So I'm given another scenario in the Bible where the Trinity unfolds. That's um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so in this verse as we see let us this is so clear let us meaning you know god god was saying the father the son the holy spirit so let us the three the three one the trinity was let us make man in our own image and likeness hallelujah yes so the holy spirit is fully god as god the father he's fully god as jesus and it says here in john first john chapter 5 verse 7 says so there are three witnesses in heaven the father the word and the holy spirit and these three are one so there are three witnesses in heaven that's the father the son the holy spirit and First John chapter five verse seven confirms it. Said so we worship the Father and Son on a day, yes. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't really worship Him. We always say thank you Jesus, thank you God, but it's it's rare that you see people saying thank you Holy Spirit. You know, and you are great Holy Spirit, you are wonderful Holy Spirit. So we there is no. Someone told me this one that there's no jealousy between the Trinity. They are one. It's like you. You are one. So if someone is referring to your spirit, the person is referring to you. If someone is referring to your body, the person is referring to you, and you know and you take it. So there's no jealousy between the Trinity. So you worship all of them. So the three are one. So you should also worship, take up a mandate of worshiping the Holy Spirit. Yes. So the Holy Spirit is a gift. To the believer the holy spirit is a gift to the believer that is john chapter 14 verse 16 it says and i will ask the father and he will give you another comforter advocate intercessor counselor strengthener stand by to be with you forever so jesus asked the uh, god to grant us the holy spirit so the holy spirit is a gift to us it's a gift to us to help us to protect us so it's just god's way of saying i'm not allowing you to live life alone but i'm i'm giving you my spirit to help you to live life to help you to please me to help you to do my will so he's a gift to help us in our lifetime so we are sealed with the holy spirit till jesus comes so we are sealed with him he's a gift to us he's our helper so we should utilize him hallelujah we should utilize him yes yeah, some some people end that salvation as we said earlier they receive um jesus and the they they avoid so i say they avoid the baptism of the holy spirit because they 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 just they feel like 
once I have received Jesus, I don't want God to come and control it. I'll go to heaven, that's all. I'll live my life. You know, and they encounter so many things that they they forget that if the Holy Spirit were to help them, they wouldn't have encountered. And they live their lives way worldly and at the long run, I don't think they even end up in heaven. You know. So we shouldn't end our salvation as we accept Jesus. We should also um, yearn for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come upon us, to help us. Jesus had to tell the disciples that they should wait in, in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. The Holy Spirit has to come before you start the ministry. And the disciples waited in the upper room, fellowshipping. So the Holy Spirit came. Before um, they had to wait for the Holy Spirit to come before they set out to minister, before they set out to do ministry. So the Holy Spirit is a very critical person in our lives, very critical in our lives. That's how come David said that um, he fears that one thing he fears is that he will, he will not have the Spirit of God. He fears is that the, the Spirit of God will leave him. Yes. It's because it's because the spirit of God is very critical, and we need Him in our daily life. We need Him as our helper. And as this scripture just came to mind, when the Bible said the spirit of God left Saul, and an evil spirit came instead. When the spirit of the Lord left Saul, Saul was you know losing anyhow. Saul became miserable and what have you. And let's say if the spirit of the Lord was upon him, he wouldn't have gone through that. So we need the Spirit of God. That is just one example of how we need the Spirit of God. One great woman of God, Catherine Coleman, I mentioned her last week. Um, she also feared most. That said one thing that she feared is that the, the Spirit of God will leave her because she knows how um, the Spirit of the Lord is, is, is important in her life. She knows how the Holy Spirit is important in her life. And when you actually look at her lifestyle you look at the life you realize that she was someone that had intense fellowship someone that had the holy spirit as a friend she knew the holy spirit she knew the personality for who he is and she interacted with him on a daily basis hallelujah so that is just um, an example of how we need how much we need the holy spirit how much we we should yearn for him so the second is, okay, the third rather, is the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Um, actually, the first time I was, I was actually writing about the Holy Spirit or telling him, you know, to teach me who he is, who he is to me. The first thing he said was that he was a gentleman. When I heard that, I was, I was surprised. <laughs> How are you a gentleman? And he opened my eyes to see. He opened my, uh, my eyes to see who he is, like what he has been doing for me, what he actually does. That makes him a gentleman. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Revelation 3 verse 20. Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with and he and he with me. Yes, yeah, so the this scripture makes us understand that the Holy Spirit will not just barge into your door 
he won't just barge into your door. That's not who he is. He would stand at the door and he would knock. If you hear him and you open, he will come in. But if he continues knocking and you don't open, so if you if you continue knocking and you don't open, he won't he won't he won't come inside. That's who he is. He is a gentleman. Hallelujah. So he will knock. He will knock. As I come, some people are not saved, you know. The Holy Spirit is knocking on their door, but then they refuse to listen to him. They refuse to come to him, but he keeps on knocking. He won't budge until you believe, until you accept, until you receive him. He won't budge in the door. It's like this scenario. Maybe you are cooking. You are cooking in your room and there's someone at the, at the door knocking. The Holy Spirit is a, such a gentleman that once you don't open the door for him, he won't enter. He, he will still continue knocking, knocking till maybe you are done cooking and maybe you hear him before he will come inside. He won't badge in. That's not who he is. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay. But Daniel said he can't see. He can hear, but he can't see. Please, can you see me? Hope you can see me. If you can see me, you can just put the thumbs up. Yes, yes, hallelujah. Yes. So he won't bargain. He he is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit, I know he is a gentleman. So the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman that he will wait at the door. He won't enter without your permission until you decide that he should come in, until you open for him to come into your heart. It's frozen. Okay, is it better? Yes, until you decide to allow him to come into your heart, then he will. Then he will. Then he will. And he's also such a gentleman that if you don't involve him in your problems, he won't just budge in, you know. So he will be there. If, let's say, you need him, you have to ask him. So when I'm there and I'm sad, I just ask him. Holy Spirit, please can you help me? So you ask him, then he involves himself in it. We all have free will, and God doesn't go back on his word. So until you want him and until you involve him, then he will come inside. Hallelujah. So the second uh, the fourth is the Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit leads us. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans 8.14 said, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. John 16.13 John 16.13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us. We are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. That is what He's here to do. He's here to lead us. That is why in God's will, when you want, you know, to be in God's will, you say, Holy Spirit, help me, lead me in God's will. We pray that the Holy Spirit should direct because it's His job. He directs us. He leads us. 
into God's will. He, he helped Jesus. The Bible said Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus fulfilled God's will for his life. And so will he help us to fulfill God's will. So he leads us. He guides us. So before I start my day, I, I always, you know, I always greet him. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, my love. Please lead me throughout this day. Please guide me on seeing forces, seeing forces. Guide me, oh, Holy Spirit. Guide me, lead me, strengthen me into your will. And I pray such a prayer. And he listens and actually he guides me. Actually, he leads me. Hallelujah. He leads us. So the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. And I wrote here, how does God lead us? How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The spirit of man, that factor in, in human personality which proceeds immediately from God, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. So the, the, the spirit of the Lord is a lamp. It's like a lamp. And what does the lamp do? The lamp helps us to see. It helps us to see through darkness. It helps us, it guides us. It is it, in the olden days there were not, you know, many street lights and what have you. So they used to use lamps. And when they are going somewhere in the night, they'll be using the lamp to lead the path, the pathway. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit leads the pathway and he guides us. So maybe I'm there and the Holy Spirit tells me that. Um, Jemima, you have to pray for this this person. Then I'll pray for this person. Then maybe I'll sleep and I'll have a dream. Jemima, today don't go here. I won't go there. The Holy Spirit is leading me. Uh, or maybe I'll, I'll sense in my spirit that I should I should read my Bible. I should read a particular scripture or a particular book this and um, this month. I will read that particular book and. I will, I, I will learn about it, I will study it and the Holy Spirit to open my eyes. So He leads us, He guides us, you know, and He helps us. So one time I was there, I had a dream and the Holy Spirit said, Jemima, I want you to be interceding for people internationally, praying for them. I said, okay, then I'm doing it. So He leads me, He's guiding me, He's telling me what to do, what not to do. And in that manner, I'm on God's will, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm on the pathway leading to God's will. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit leads us. And the next is the Holy Spirit uh, comforts us. This one um, personality of the Holy Spirit that I really, really like. And that is His, our comforter. I have a lot of stories, um, personal stories about the Holy Spirit comforting me and encouraging me. Have a personal stories about that. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Second Corinthians chapter one verse three to five. It says, "Blessed be the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, that is pity and mercy, and the God, that is the source of every comfort, cons- consolation and encouragement, consolation and encouragement, who comforts us in every trouble." calamity and affliction so that we may also be able to comfort those who are in any kind of trouble of distress with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by god hallelujah so the holy spirit comforts us 
he encourages us and it is confirmed in second corinthians so i'm sure paul experienced it he experienced the the personality of the holy spirit that comfort that comfort so i have experienced ah, as i said earlier i've had a lot of experiences with the holy spirit as a comforter so there was um one time i think was it 2020 i'm sure it was 2020 and i i was in my room that time you know we're on lockdown no one is going anywhere so i was in my in my room and i was i was very sad i was very sad i don't really remember what happened but i was crying i was weeping and i was so sad <laughs> so i just told the holy spirit that you know i i was deep down in my soul and the only thing that could come out of my mouth is if i could only get a hug from you you know if i could only get a hug i i i, I wish i could hug you and as casually as i said that i said that from the depth of my soul because i needed it and i was hearing him speak i was hearing him talk to me in that time and i yearned for that so that evening i slept and when i slept i had a dream and in the dream um a friend of mine had me from the back had me for the back so tight and told me i will never forget the words and told me you are beautiful <laughs> in the dream it was you know i wasn't conscious of what i was going to say so, you know, it was it was so nice someone will hug you and tell you you are beautiful so i woke up the next day and i was confused that why would someone hug me from the back and tell me i'm beautiful so i was there i was thinking i was praying about the dream what does this dream mean oh holy spirit please tell me the meaning of this dream and as i went on and went on the meaning just popped up and it was just a simple question aren't you the one that told me you wanted hug? and that's what the holy spirit told me then i remembered oh so you actually came to hug me <laughs> i was so happy i was so happy to hear that and that is just one experience that i've had you know that the holy spirit has comforted me there, there have been other times that you know i've been in a place where i need comfort and i've just felt and um, you know as love you, you can't explain it you can't really describe it but you could just feel god's presence you could feel his love so strongly and in my soul i just start to worshiping and thanking god and those are just some circumstances that i have experienced the holy spirit as my comforter you know or as my encourager the holy spirit yeah so that's just um another personality of 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 himself that i've experienced the second is okay um i'm sorry i said second the next is the holy spirit convicts us of sin the holy spirit convicts us of sin and many people confuse conviction with guilt they many people feel that if i am if, if i am guilty then it's the holy spirit no the holy spirit doesn't make you feel guilty the holy spirit has never made anyone feel guilty jesus actually came to take away guilt and shame so why would the holy spirit make you feel guilty of something that jesus came to take away hallelujah so the holy spirit 
doesn't make us feel guilty he convicts us there is a difference and i have a revelation on it personally because i didn't understand it personally i i had to you know have a revelation on it actually before i understood the depths of what conviction actually meant so it says here so it says here that in john in john chapter 16 verse 8 john chapter 16 verse 8 it says and when he comes he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness of rightness of heart and right standing with god and about judgment note and when he comes he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and righteousness so only only the holy spirit can make us see our sin show us the need for righteousness and the urgency of the gospel so the holy spirit allows us to see that but i want us to go deeper into the meaning of conviction and guilt so conviction is the revelation of a sin or a wrong done and conviction can be called a computation so guilt but guilt is an emotional feeling that occurs when a person realizes his crime wrong or evil so conviction is more emotional as the person who does a crime or an evil act reveals this and is ready for a change so a conviction is where you are ready for a change you see that ah today i should i i lied i lied yes i lied i shouldn't have lied oh god forgive me and you change and you make us an intention to change god help me not to lie and please help me and out of your hearts you pray them and um, um, this prayer sincere prayer to god now god help me not not to not to lie again and you've seen your sin you've you've repented of it and you've actually made an intention to change by asking the holy spirit to help you but guilt is and you know that ah yes i lied i lied i'm a bad person oh i don't think god i don't think i'm a christian i don't think i'm a good believer i say i know you and i've been lying oh do i even deserve you you know that's that's guilt <laughs> and you can be on and on and on on this for days god doesn't make you feel guilty it's the enemy the enemy makes you feel guilty and he makes you stay in your guilt but jesus came to take away guilt and shame so jesus says that you are forgiven and that is that you are forgiven he doesn't remember it no more so you can have it in mind to change and go on with your normal duty but satan will make you feel so bad you feel so uh, uh, like you are the worst human being tell you all sorts of things you don't deserve god you should then you know you rather continue sinning rather than <laughs> actually changing you know or be uh, yes so you rather continue sin actually, I, I, I rather than actually changing you know what um, from what you've actually done so that is guilt and conviction so the holy spirit convicts us he doesn't make us feel guilty and i learned that the hard way thing so there was this one time that i i, I did something that I, I i it was bad and i knew it <laughs> and when i 
I think I, I, I was so guilty about it and I was I was I was sad. I was you know, how am I even a good Christian? See what I've done, you know. Oh God, would you even forgive me? And I'm learning about you and I, I have a relationship with you and I've done this. I, I'm I'm not even worthy. I'm not even worthy. So I, I kept on feeling guilty on this for hours and i ended up sleeping that day so when i slept upon waking up i heard a very loud whisper <laughs> this is a loud whisper it wasn't a loud voice but it was a, an audible uh, whisper let me say that way. an audible whisper and i heard three times you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy so i woke up hearing it I woke up and I asked my friend did you hear did you come to tell me you know I am worthy in my ears or something and the reply was no I I didn't come and say anything to you so just then I just realized that it was the Holy Spirit that was telling me I'm worthy because my friend didn't even know what I was feeling or what I was actually talking about um, um, to the Holy Spirit before I slept. So I just realized that it was the Holy Spirit and with that I even had a dream um, that evening that made me realize oh, it was indeed the Holy Spirit that was speaking to me and he spoke to me in an audible whisper, you are worthy, you are worthy. So upon that I, I had a realization that so I don't have to feel guilty for God to forgive me. Or I don't have to feel guilty, you know, to, to feel better. Because Jesus, when he has forgiven me, it is done and it is final. He doesn't make me feel guilty. He just convicts me. And when I pray to him to help me change, he helps me to change. And that is that. That is that. So you, you can just send me, you know, a thumbs up. For me to know someone here that you know you've done something that you felt so guilty about, you can just you know give me a thumbs up. Like we all have been through such situations, but God, once He has forgiven us, we are forgiven. And the moment we say, "Oh Lord, please forgive me," it's that it's done. It's a done deal. He forgives us just like that. He forgives us just like that. Yes, so that's Jesus said he has forgiven your past, your future, and your present sins. So we don't have to feel guilty for God to forgive us. Once we, we confess and everything, he has forgiven us. Once we repent, he's forgiven us. And that is that. And it took that experience for me to actually understand the revelation that the Holy Spirit convicts us. And the Holy Spirit doesn't make us feel guilty. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I want us to um, see the last. <laughs> I see Brother Daniel. I see the the last um, um, point is that the Holy Spirit has feelings. The Holy Spirit has feelings. He has feelings, and he can be grieved, just as you know, Sister Diana is my friend. Sabine is my friend, and. I can do something to you 
that will hurt you. I say, oh, Sister Jemima did this to me, and <laughs> it really hurts me. The Holy Spirit can also be hurt because he has feelings. He is a personality, and he can also be hurt. He can be grieved. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 makes us understand. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And the Greek word lupio can mean get your feelings hurt. Get your feelings hurt. So um, in Ephesians, Paul is telling us not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom we are sealed with until the, um, the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He's a personality, just like you and me. He can be grieved. So as we go on, I would talk on the things that can grieve the Holy Spirit. I actually wrote it in my book. <laughs> I actually wrote it in my book when I was actually starting to know God more. I wrote it in my book because one of the things that I told myself I don't want to end up doing was to grieve the Holy Spirit. And I always wanted to feel the Holy Spirit around. There was a time that I, I, I felt I grieved the Holy Spirit and it wasn't nice. It wasn't a nice feeling. I didn't feel his presence and all. I knew he was there, but I could not feel his presence and all. So I decided that one of the last things I'll do is to grieve the Holy Spirit. So I actually wrote it down and decided, I won't do this. I won't do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. And as our friend, we should know about these things and we should make sure that we don't grieve him. You know? So how do we grieve the Spirit of God? It's also in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Ephesians 4, verse 31. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So the first is bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind to one another that's the 32 tender-hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake had forgiven you so there was a time i was really dealing with bitterness i was angry all the time i had a lot of anger in me i had a lot of bitterness in me so I was like, oh God, how do I do away with all this? Because I really don't want you to be grieved. I, I need you more than all these, you know, anger, bitterness and pain. So how do I not grieve you? And I actually prayed about it before, you know, I prayed about it constantly. And the Holy Spirit helped me to do away with all the bitterness, anger, wrath, you know. So these things grieve the Holy Spirit. These things do grieve the Holy Spirit. So you should just be careful not to do any of them. And when when I was having difficulty with um, bitterness and, and, and anger, I actually have asked the Holy Spirit, so how do I do away with this? Because I really do not want you to be grieved. And I really need you so much. I can't stand for you not to be with me. And the Holy Spirit told me that for me to do away with all these things, I have to love. 
I have to laugh. I have to laugh. The um, the person that I'm bitter to, I have to love that person. I have to put away anger through love. So all these summarize to love, love. When you don't love someone, then all these things can, you know, take charge over you. So you you're bitter about this person because you don't really love this person. Yeah, some people are bitter about themselves because they don't love themselves. They feel like they are imperfect and what's not, but they are not because they are not seeing it in God's way, in who God created them to be. They are seeing it, they are seeing themselves in their way, and they are bitter about themselves and they feel they are imperfect. They are they cannot do this right, they cannot do that right because they are bitter about themselves. But when you love yourself, then you can do away with bitterness. Then you can do away with wrath. Then you can do away with anger. If you love your neighbor, then you will not be bitter towards your neighbor. Then you will not be really angry towards your neighbor. I always use my uh, my mother as an example. You know, I I do worry my mom, and she also does worry me. <laughs> and maybe there are one or two things that she will scream at you. You know, but you, you I can never say I'm angry at her. You know, I can be bored at her, but just in in some minutes. <laughs> I'm not angry at her. I'm bored at her because I love her. Because I love her. She's my mom, and I love her. As I know, I worry her. You know, she also worries me, and we love each other. So we can't have anger towards each other. So for you to do away with all these things—anger, clamor, evil speaking—all you need to do is to love one another. And you can't love someone without loving God most of all in loving yourself so because god says you love one another as yourself so first you have to love god love yourself love another person just as you love yourself so be kind to someone be kind to someone just as you are kind to yourself be tender-hearted forgive someone just as you forgive yourself because if i see something i'm not supposed to say i will forgive myself i want to forgive you but some people don't really realize it and if someone says something bad about them and actually comes oh i'm sorry i said it said i can never forgive you for saying this about me but you've done that before and you've forgiven yourself so why can't you forgive someone else so it all sums up to love love just love love if someone harms you someone does something to you pray for the person that is how i started if if i see that Someone is getting on my nerves. I pray for the person. I pray for the person, and I pray that God, you know, will help them, and God will help me to love them. So, how can you not grieve the Holy Spirit? Love, love God, love yourself, and love everyone else. Love everyone else, and you can do away with all these things. Hallelujah. So there are many circumstances that I've had with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, He's my friend. I can talk to Him if I want someone to talk to. I can talk to Him if I want comfort. I am sad. I am weeping. I can talk to Him. Holy Spirit, I need You, and I feel His love. Sometimes He feels far away, but as I continue to fellowship, I begin to feel Him. I begin to sense His presence around me. You know, when I'm happy. He, um, I, I can feel, sometimes I can feel the joy 
the Lord redeemed me and I'm happy and I'm dancing and I know immediately that he's happy too he's happy too and I'm feeling his joy you know so there's this relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit and he's not just God but he's my friend he's my friend and I would love for each and everyone to have the Holy Spirit or have a relationship with the Holy Spirit just as I do or even more than I do because I know people have deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. One time Katrin Koma was preaching and she said and and like you can see that she knows the Holy Spirit you can see that she loves the Holy Spirit she said do not hurt the one I love because the Holy Spirit was her lover the Holy Spirit was her husband the Holy Spirit was everything to her so I want us to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit as the person. He's our helper, our comforter, our friend. He's my friend. And I want you to have that relationship with him. Something that will happen and you'll be feeling all alone. But then when you have the Holy Spirit as your friend, he is there with you. You can talk to him about it. And he actually can help you than any human being can. Hallelujah. So I just want us to pray. I want us to pray and, and and ask the Holy Spirit. We know he's a gentleman. He won't come. He won't come if we don't invite him. So I want us to pray and actually ask the Holy Spirit to come, to come and be with us. The Holy Spirit, I want you to be my friend. I want you to be my friend, just like we are with Jemima or even much more deeper. I want you, I want you to be my lover. Oh, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need you in my life. I need to know you like how Jemima knows you. I need to know you like how Katrin Coleman knew you. Oh Lord, oh Lord, help me to know you for who you are. I want to be your friend too, Holy Spirit. I want to be your friend too. I want to speak to you. I want you to be there when I'm scared. I want you to be there when I'm happy. I want you to lead me, guide me. Oh Holy Spirit. I want you to convict me when I sin. I want you to help me to be better. I want you to help me to love people. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me, help me. Draw me closer to you. Draw me closer to you. Make me your friend. Abraham was a friend of God. I want to be your friend, Holy Spirit. I want to be your friend. Just as the disciples knew Jesus, just, as, just, just like the, how the disciples were friends of Jesus and he, he ate with them and he fellowshiped with them and he spoke with them that even Jordan could say that he loved me because he felt God's love. I'm asking that I will be your friend also. I will talk to you just like how they talk to you also. I will have you and I will never be alone. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. Please, please answer my humble request that I want to be your friend. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm about to end the, the chat so we can continue from the text. I love you all so much and I pray that you all become friends of the Holy Spirit. Amen.